Hey guys, welcome back to Starring Milana. I'm your host, Milana, and we are here listening, talking, recording, whatever. It's episode five. Ah, so excited. Episode five. You guys, I was listening to somebody's podcast the other day and I looked at their title and it was episode number 366. And I was like, whoa, bitch, I'm just trying to get number five done. <laughs> I'm just struggling to sit down and talk to you about number five, okay? But we're here. It's number five. I'm really excited about it. Um, if this is your first time listening, welcome to my show. I know I sound fascinating, but I look even better. <laughs> and you can see what I look like if you go to youtube.com forward slash starring Milana because I actually film as I record. So best of both worlds, Whatever is your flavor, you can find me on YouTube or here on the podcast apps. So here on Starring Milana, we have three different segments. The first one is BTS, where I kind of give you a little preview of my past week and we catch up. And the second segment is called Talkworthy, in which we take a few things that are going on in the media and kind of offer a different perspective. And the last segment is called Dropping Gems, in which I select a topic every week, and it's very random, um, kind of inspired by my experiences, an event I went to, conversations with people, something I read, and I kind of dig deep and drop a few gems. So um, those are the segments. Follow me on YouTube, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Starring Milana. Before I get into this week's BTS segment, I want to take a moment to celebrate someone's life. Uh, my boyfriend's grandmother passed this week. Her name was Priscilla Leone, and she was a ball of light. Um, one of my first experiences with her, I went to Michigan to meet his family and we were at a party and she, just a classy, cute little lady. She, she sat down and she pulled a, a purse hook out of her purse and she like attached it to the table and hung her purse on it because she didn't want it to be on the floor and she didn't want to hold she was just such it was just so like a such a funny moment and it was just so much of like who she was and I don't know I really I really respect her I'm going I'm going to miss her a lot she used to call me and pray for me I used to send her random pictures to kind of like update her and or keep her on track of what's going on with you know her grandson and um I think we had like a special bond so I want to just do a moment of silence if you guys can send positive energy um, and just love to his whole family and to her as she, you know, makes her transition back to heaven. So just take a moment of silence. All right. Let's get on with the rest of the show. So the first thing in the BTS segment um, is February. Happy Black History Month. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. So today is Friday. <laughs> it is 11 p.m. I am still struggling. Okay, just like last week, I'm recording this. Uh, actually, it's 11.30, so it's almost midnight. So we're recording this late as hell, okay? Um, and it's fine. I'm going to have it out for you guys on Monday because, again, I just I have a whole thing going on this weekend. So I want to make sure that we had time to record it and then get it out for you guys by Monday. But that means that I'm not going to be able to discuss the actual Super Bowl because I have not seen it yet. Um, but it is this Sunday. Obviously, we're rooting for the Rams. It's Los Angeles. Come on. So go Rams. I'm so excited to 
It's your city in the Super Bowl. Oh my God. I just, I didn't think it was going to come so soon. So that's really exciting. I'm also really excited about the commercials. I love Super Bowl commercials. Okay. It's one of my favorite things. I look forward to it all year. So I'm excited about that. And Maroon 5 is performing. I'm a huge um, Maroon 5 fan. Actually, I've been to a few shows and I love them. I just, you know, I just kind of want people to mm, manage their expectations a little bit because it's not going to be like a whole skeptical. Like it's not going to be skeptical, spectacle. English is my third language. <laughs> it's 1130. Okay, it's not going to be a whole spectacle. Um, you know what's crazy? Is Lita didn't even tell me that I was saying the wrong word. She was just watching and giggling. And I'm just like, what happened? And I caught myself, aren't you supposed to stop me in moments like this? <laughs> okay. Anyway, so it's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be a whole spectacle like it's not going to be like the Lady Gaga one or the Beyonce one I mean I don't fucking know but I'm assuming not because they're just not that kind of band they're not that kind of performers um they're a band so I don't know what they're going to come up with um I think they tried to have some uh acts kind of featured in it and a lot some people kind of declined the offer because of uh, you know Colin Kaepernick and everything that's going on with the NFL so um we'll see I'm excited to see them because I like their music but I don't I don't know what type of show people are expecting, so that'll be interesting. We can talk about it the following week, I guess. Um, another thing, so if you remember last week, I was talking about jury duty. Remember how I was trying to, like, avoid it at all costs? Well, I tried to postpone it, and did they fucking rip me a new asshole? They were like, mm-mm can't do it. And I'm like, why? Why? It's an emergency. I can't. Like, I can't. I can't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm unavailable. And I tried to give them a shit ton of excuses. They were like, no, those aren't valid. So uh, just make yourself available the last two weeks, uh, the end of February to March for two weeks because you might get called for duty. So now I'm shit out of luck. I have to do it. What else? Oh, I was working out at Orange Theory. Now, I don't know if you guys can even imagine how intense Orange Theory can be if you really push yourself. So I was working out and, you know, I usually walk out of there really sweaty, kind of looking like I just took a shower, like, but, but drenched in sweat. And I walk out of the workout and this girl who was in there with me, she was next to me the entire time. She was like, oh, you smell so good. What kind of perfume are you wearing? I was like, what? Because what the fuck? Like, no, I don't smell good. <laughs> okay, it's, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. I have not yet put perfume on, okay? I just worked out. And she was like, yeah, like, you smell so good. I was like, oh, uh, uh, mm, the only thing I have on is my deodorant, you guys. And then when I smell myself, I did smell good. You know what? My deodorant, like, I didn't realize that, like, it's finally working, but also, like, when it does kick in, it smells good. So I use a natural deodorant. I use the Kapari, um, it's like a coconut-based deodorant, and it's aluminum-free, and it's vegan and all this stuff. And it took a while to actually start working because my body has been so used to the other deodorants for so long. But I guess it finally kicked in, and, and now I don't smell musty. I don't know, like after I work out, not in life, after I work out, okay? Let's be clear, not in fucking life. Um... But I'm really excited and I love that deodorant. So if anyone's like looking for a natural deodorant, I was looking for one for years and none of them worked. And this one actually works for me. Another thing, so I was on Instagram scrolling a few days ago and I saw Chrissy Teigen posted John Legend 
learning how to swim in his backyard. So I guess the man doesn't know how to swim. And they had like a kid's teacher, maybe it was their kid's teacher, teaching him how to swim. Like he was doing a private swim class in his pool. First of all, it's never late, too late to learn anything. This man's 40 years old learning how to swim, so shout out to him. But you know what that made me think of? That I need to learn how to ride a bike again. Whoever told you guys that once you learn how to ride a bike, you never forget is fucking lying to you. That is bullshit. Because I knew how to ride a bike, okay? And then I got on a bike after years of not riding a bike. And I ended up in a bush in Miami, okay? I just toppled over to the side and all my shit, including myself, were in a bush. So I quickly realized that that was a lie and they've been telling me lies my whole life. And I don't know how to ride a bike anymore. So, um... I need to learn how to ride a bike. And seeing John Legend do it really motivated me to, like, I don't even have a bike. <laughs> I need to find a bike. It's like I can't go rent one in Santa Monica or Venice or anything because those people are, like, riding those bikes like crazy. They're, like, really intense, like a bike freeway or something. So I have to kind of start off slow somewhere. But, yeah, I think I need to learn how to ride a bike for sure. I, as you know, I do event design. Um, so I was designing an event this this week, a few days this week, uh, and this weekend at a hotel, like a very high-end hotel in Los Angeles. I can't really give you more information than that because I signed an NDA. But anyway, so I'm, I take this lunch break at a restaurant at the hotel, and I'm eating lunch, and fucking J. Cole walks by. The event's not for him, so don't get excited. He was just there. So he walks into the restaurant, and I lost my shit for half a minute because... I used to be a really big J. Cole fan, okay? I'm talking about, like, the old days, like, the come-up days, the warm-up days. Like, J. Cole was my guy. I actually met him uh, before one of his concerts at, like, a meet-and-greet, and we took this fabulous photo together, and I was such a creepy fan that I had it printed on a uh, credit card of mine. Yeah, that's right. I would use a credit card with mine and J. Cole's face on it. It was really weird. I know. I still have it because I can't get rid of the picture. I just don't ever use that credit card because of it. <laughs> but I still have it. Um. Anyway, so it was like a crazy super fan. I, this was a long time ago. Okay, so don't judge me. But... <clears throat> I saw him and I just, I didn't say anything to him. You know, I'm like not one of those people that goes up to celebrities. I try not to bother people just because I feel like they maybe they don't want to be bothered. I don't know. So you guys know how I've been talking about this book club of two that Lena and I are in, right? We have a five book goal to read for this year. We are on book one. I have to say, we picked a very lengthy book to be our first book. It's like 430 pages. And for people who are not reading physical books a few months prior, it's hard. However, I'm up to date with my weekly book read checkmark. And Lena is not. Now, I'm not putting her on blast to uh, make fun of her or make her feel... Uh, unaccomplished in the book club, but I am doing it so that you guys that are listening can hit her up and hold her accountable because she's behind right now. And if we want to move on to the next book, if we want to read five books this year, we need to finish this book by like end of February, first week of March. Okay. And we're halfway, we're not, we're almost halfway there. Well, she's not, she's a quarter way there. I don't know how the fuck it happened, how we got so far off but she's not there so um 
yeah, if you guys can please hit her up and hold her accountable so that I can have a actual book club and it's not a book club of one because that's not going to motivate me to read. So that's where that is. And the last thing I want to talk about is I'm so honored to be featured in Shazi's January favorites blog. So Shazi creates amazing content and um, she chose me as one of the two podcasts that she listens to and is a favorite of hers this month. So you guys can check out all of her cool content and the blog that she posted on um, the shawsdiaries.com. And that is S-H-A-Z. So the shawsdiaries.com. Thank you so much for featuring me. I appreciate it. All right, guys, we're going to move on to the talkworthy segment. So um, the first thing I want to say is I'm kind of into this 30-day veganism challenge that Beyonce and Jay-Z proposed to their fans. Um, so basically, I didn't, I didn't read a lot into it. I just saw a few tweets. I guess they are challenging people to go vegan for 30 days. And then they have a chance to win concert tickets for the rest of their life, I guess. So, okay. Vegan, vegan, veganism is hard. Becoming vegan is hard. Like I'm a pescatarian and you know, I, and I eat that diet. That's fine for me, but I still consume dairy. Like I don't drink milk or eat ice cream or yogurt or any of that, but like cheese here and there and sour cream here and there and ranch or whatever. So I do have my share of dairy. So like I can't say that I'm vegan. I mean, I can definitely try for this contest because I think I'm very close. But becoming like completely vegan is very hard. But here's the thing. When it's a challenge, when it's when it's when there's like some sort of reward, people are more than likely to try, right? And if you try it, you might like it. So if you're a big fan of Beyonce, oh my god. Oh my god, bitch, it's midnight. I'm losing my mind. Jayonce. <laughs> Is that their couple name? Jayonce? What's their couple name? They don't have a couple name? Like, they don't have like a Kimye? No, they, they have to have a couple name. It's not Baze. <laughs> I'm crying. One thing I will say though is being vegan when you're rich is different than being vegan when you're not. Because you need to really know how to fucking cook um, and what things to use, and you need to do your research. Because if you have money, you could just go and, like, buy stuff, go to restaurants, whatever, like, stuff that's already pre-made. But if you're not trying to spend money on food, it's much different being vegan when you don't have the money to be able to purchase the meals, okay? That's one thing I would consider, but if you are trying to change your diet, this might be a good motivation to start, so I'm into it. Another thing that caught my attention this week, so, you know, Donald Trump, does he not get it? Like, did he miss the memo altogether? I know he doesn't believe in global warming, but, like, people are freezing, and, like, it's cold as fuck, and he puts out this tweet basically insinuating that, like, global warming isn't real, and not only did he not say global warming, he said global warming, like, he misspelled it. Who checks his fucking tweets? Nobody checks this man's shit before he puts it out. This is embarrassing. This is humiliating. He can't misspell shit, but anyway, so global warming is what he tweeted, um, basically saying, where is it? We need you. Like, what? But... Okay, 
aside from that, like he tweets a lot of crazy stuff, but I don't really like pay attention to um, the replies a lot. But this time I was like, did anyone else catch like how stupid this tweet was? And when I went on these comments, you guys, not only were people obviously going in, like, you know, there's a lot of people that are like regular everyday people that like don't like him or disagree with him and they say some crazy shit to him. Um, but like a lot of the people that were commenting were verified users, verified accounts, and celebrities. When I started seeing some of these tweets, it really caught me off guard. I mean, people were saying stuff like, your stupidity is exhausting. You're an incredible moron, a virus of stupidity. Um, you're an evil piece of shit. These are like verified public figures saying this, and this is the language that they're using. Um, and what, what really struck with me is just like, look what the fuck we've come to. We're talking about the most, and I'm going to quote this, okay? Because if you're listening on the podcast app, you can't see. But for YouTube, I'm just going to, I'm quoting this, the most powerful man in the world, okay? If we're the most powerful country in the world, and this is our leader, uh, he's the most powerful man in the world. This is how all presidents, all past U.S. presidents have been viewed, okay? So if this is the most powerful man in the world, look at how we're talking to him. Look at how not only everyday people, but like, People with platforms, like public figures, are talking to him. These are, this is a direct response to him. This is a direct reach. This isn't a conversation you're having in your living room or talking with your homie. This is like you're telling this person and then also everyone in the world can see it because it's public. You're like blatantly disrespecting the president of the United States. I'm not like disagreeing with it. What I'm saying is it's wild to me. It's wild that we've come to a point where... We don't even have respect to keep it cute. When John McCain was running against Obama, right? Like obviously, I, I love Obama. I voted for Obama. But when he was running against John McCain, um, never did I think to even disrespect the man, okay? Or, or very, not even me. I saw very little amount of disrespect. I didn't see this much, like, hatred against somebody, Um George Bush, you know, wasn't uh, the brightest bulb, okay? But aside from Kanye, who made a very public statement, I don't remember people just, like, calling him a stupid piece of shit, uh, a fucking moron, a virus. I mean, I don't remember people using their... Pe I'm talking about public figures or celebrities. I don't remember, maybe I'm wrong, using their platforms to make those kinds of statements and use those powerful kind of hurtful words. So it really saddens me that we've come to a point where we have to describe him in this way. And it's such a representation of like where we are as a country, you know? And I don't disagree with these people. People are frustrated. I mean, like global warming is very much real. Um, and, and he just brushes it off in this manner. It saddens me that we've come to a point where we can't even respect the president. Not necessarily agree with him, even just respect him. Like to walk down the street or go to a different country and someone's like, oh, you're from America, that's your president. Like, yeah, that's my president. Like I, you can't even say it in that way. And I don't, I don't, I don't recall a time where it was this bad. So um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, another thing that I saw this week was the BuzzFeed layoffs. Well, that kind of happened a few weeks ago when they made an announcement saying that they're going to lay off a large portion of the company because they're restructuring and in the long run, it'll be more beneficial for BuzzFeed. 
look, do what you have to do. I get it. Um, they put out the statement. It seemed very diplomatic. Then, this week, I saw, uh, like, a statement that came out by a BuzzFeed em- employee who didn't know if they were getting fired or not or might have been fired. I can't remember. But basically saying that they were not going to, when they lay them off, they weren't going to pay for the PTO that they had accrued over time while working at BuzzFeed. Um, and then when I started doing some research and, and I read some comments, it, was, it wasn't one or two people. It was most of the people that were laid off or knew they were getting laid off. They were not going to get their PTO um, money. Okay, so look, I don't know the logistics. I don't know what their severance packages look like. I don't know you know, maybe it was paid off in a different manner. I don't know. But what I do know is when I was reading these comments, it really like made me think about the American working culture. Okay. So basically when I read this stuff, people were talking about how they worked nonstop weekends, overtime. Some people work like basically overnight and a lot of them didn't have a problem with it because they were trying to kind of build up a lot of PTO so that they can take a lengthy vacation. They can take one to two weeks off or whatever. So some people hadn't taken any time off and were just trying to take an entire month off. So they were working so hard, building their hours, not getting any breaks just so that they can take a fucking vacation that lasted more than a week or two. That really struck a chord with me because I remember reading an article earlier in the year. It was actually on BuzzFeed. It was by um, Anne Helen Peterson in which she kind of discussed like how millennials became the burnout generation. And that kind of made me think about my own life. We don't have PTO at my job. We kind of just work really hard and when you don't have any crazy or big events coming up, just take off whatever time you need to take off as long as you don't take advantage. So we're not counting the hours we worked and then taking like time off for that. That's not the culture of where I work. However, you know, I wake up very early. I work out. I get ready. I go to work. I come home. I work on my podcast. And look, it's midnight at this point and I'm recording on a Friday night after installing an event all day. And I'm exhausted. I'm fucking, you know, I'm fucking burned out and I feel it, but you just have to do it. You have to keep moving. Like, it's just how we are kind of taught here. You know, it's like the grind, especially for millennials. But I'm like, I missed my whole realization um, about this. I was, I happened to be listening to the Women Evolve podcast. Sarah Jakes Roberts was talking about soul care. So if you guys remember in my high maintenance episode, I kind of talked about self-care and the importance of like taking care of yourself and your nails and your blah, blah, blah. And I do that. But she did a very good job of breaking down uh, soul care versus self-care, right? So these are things that we do on the physical and the outer. But how are we caring for our soul? Are we taking those moments of silence? Like what are we doing for our soul to kind of like relax and replenish and refresh, right? Then I met with a client and she kind of discussed in the middle of like our meeting, she kind of got into her practice of meditation and how she takes a week off sometimes and just goes somewhere and just meditates. And then I was listening to an interview by Robert Greene and he was talking about how he meditates for about 35 minutes every morning. 
So that all was basically a sign that I need to do some soul care and meditate. And you guys, meditation is something that I have been trying to do on and off for years, but I can't seem to master the shit, okay? I am so restless. Like, even when I go get a massage, if you're thinking about, like, soul care and you're thinking about massage and soul care because you're relaxing, nah, especially not for me. I'm so restless that my mind is just, like, running and running and I'm thinking about all the things I have to do when I get home and what I have to do tomorrow. And I just don't know how to disconnect. So I've tried to meditate several times. I've used, like, different apps and it's just never worked for me. I don't know if I'm doing something wrong, I really want to learn how to meditate because every time I hear uh, someone successful talking about their rituals and, and how they prepare for their day or how they get through life, a lot of them discuss the practice of meditation. And I just really think that it'll be beneficial for me, not only for, for like relaxing and just like silencing my brain, but also I feel like when you when you have that much clarity, you can also hear from God. That's very important to me. So I really want to get into meditation, but I honestly don't even know how to start, where to start. Um, so I was thinking about taking a class. I haven't researched any, but if you guys know of any of anyone, if you guys have any recommendations, please don't send me a book recommendation about meditation. Okay, it's not gonna work. Like I need a, I need a. It's not going to work. I've read plenty of things about meditating. I've literally put on headphones and listened to Headspace and them telling your ass to meditate, and it didn't work for me. It worked for a little bit, but it, it didn't work for more than, like, five minutes, which is I'm trying to be a little better than that. I'm trying to get to ten minutes, you know. So the last thing that I want to talk about in the Talk Worthy segment is just some unfortunate um, news. Jesse Smollett was brutally attacked by two men um, who used homophobic slurs and racial slurs, uh, used rope or a noose, and threw some chemicals on him. I try to look at things from different perspectives, and this one, I don't know how to look at this in the way of the other person. It really is just so sad that people not only think certain things, but they take those thoughts and let them become like hateful actions. It just makes me wonder, like, what do you believe in that, like, who the fuck are you? What authority do you have to treat another living, breathing human being in this way? You know, I don't, I don't know. You hear this all the time, like, hurt people hurt people so I don't know what the other guys what those two guys what their story is I don't I don't know why they behaved like this but what I found so like heroic is I feel like Jesse has a a great amount of self-awareness um I think people like him who just shine so bright and are so authentic and honest with who they are um, and they just own it, you know. When, when, when you meet people like that, regardless of what they represent, someone who is not that is threatened by it. And it's unfortunate that for him to live this life of positivity and for him to spread so much joy and just be 
himself that he gets attacked for it in this manner, in this hateful manner. But I think what's heroic about it is, you know, is is the way that he came out and said his message and that he he was okay and his soul is okay and he's still going to be himself. He's still going to let his light shine. And I, th- and I thought that was very impressive because, I mean, this, this can really fuck you up mentally for a long time, something like this, you know, because you start thinking like, what, what's so wrong with, with me? What's so wrong with who I am? Um, these are things that I can't control. This is just a part of me. What is so wrong about that, that somebody can, can hate me so much and do this to me, right? And you can just kind of, you can kind of become resentful of the world, you know. You can you can you can beat yourself up about it. You can say, "Why did I put myself on this platform? Why did I, you know, how did I get here?" Um, but for him to take the other approach was very heroic and courageous. I'm glad he's okay, um, and that's really all I have to say about that. Okay, we're gonna go into the last segment of today, which is the dropping gems segment. So, the topic for this week. Um, some of you guys might think it's kind of weird, and a lot of you probably haven't even thought about this, but I want to talk about the question, so what do you do? I fucking hate that question, and I've actually hated that question for a pretty long time, and when I say what do you do? I don't mean asking that question in the context of like, say you're working in the same company as someone, you work in a large company and someone asks, what do you do? Meaning like, what do you do in this company? That's not what I mean. I mean like you're out at a kickback or you meet someone at a bar or you're at like a dinner party and someone's like, oh, what's your name? Oh, I'm Alina. What do you do? Even though I feel a little more okay with it now, for a long time, it just made me so very, very uncomfortable to the point where I kind of avoided going to certain events when I knew that that was going to be like, it was going to be like a networking thing or something. And, and I know you guys think it's weird, but I'll get into why. Um, but but let me say this. I thought I was the only person that was like very weird about this until I had a conversation with with a friend of mine and she was telling me that she was meeting her boyfriend's friends for the first time and they were all kind of going around the table talking about like what they've been up to or catching up or there were some some other people that they, that they didn't know so they were kind of talking about like what what do you do right they were asking what everyone does she's a nanny so when she started hearing some of these jobs, like people were like, oh, I'm a lawyer, I'm a real estate agent, or I'm an accountant. She started feeling kind of weird because she thought that people weren't going to understand her job, right? Like, oh, you're a nanny? Like, that's what you do? And then, you know, my friend Lena, my producer, she let me use her name. Lena is a caretaker for her mom who has a neurological degenerative disease. Lena does other things. You know, she does marketing. She does social media. She helps me. She has her own thing that she's building. She does, like, all these kind of, like, freelance things. But she's taking care of her mom basically full-time. So, no, she doesn't have a full-time job as a lot of people do, right? So when I had this conversation with Lena... You know, she told me that she was very awkward by... She felt awkward when people asked that question. She didn't like when she was asked that question because she doesn't have a job. So people are like, oh, what do you do? Um, 
it just sounds like she doesn't do anything, you know, or if she's like, oh, I take care of my mom, like people are like, okay, like that's your job. You know, people don't get it. And like, this is a question that can, can bother people. And, and what I mean by this is I'm, I'm not being dramatic. You have to understand that sometimes people are doing things that aren't necessarily their calling or their purpose. They are working at jobs that don't define who they are. And that is my problem with this is that what do you do is synonymous with who are you, right? That is my biggest problem with this question is that people link those two things together as if what you do for a career defines you. And I know that that's the way people process it. And that is exactly why I don't like that question and why I felt uncomfortable going to settings where that question was asked of me because there have been many times in my life where I was in between um, figuring out how I was going to do this hosting thing, right? And this this past six years on and off, I was trying different things. I took breaks. I didn't know how to get to it. And so when I wasn't doing anything and I was still working as an event designer and people would ask me, what do you do? It made me kind of sad, you know? It, it, it made me realize that, like, it just wasn't who I was. People kind of assume things about you when you tell them what your job is, right? So if someone says they're a lawyer, then you instantly like have these preconceived ideas of who they are as a person just because of what you know of lawyers before you even get to know them. I don't want to be defined in that way. I don't want to be defined by what I do or what I do to make money. The problem with that is, is because they instantly like categorize you, right? People categorize you based on your answer because let's face it, like as soon as you tell someone what you do, they try to kind of figure out what you can do for them. How successful are you in comparison to them? Would this relationship be mutually beneficial? It's not about who you are as a person. What if it's not about what you do, but what you foresee yourself doing, right? Um, Not many people have that confidence that they carry with them, that they know even though what they're doing now isn't what they're supposed to be doing, but they're going to get there. So not a lot of people have that finesse. So what if you're in a place like I was? What I do now for a job is not my calling. Like it's not in my core. What if it's temporary? What happens when you count those people out based on what they do versus who they are. What if the person on the other end doesn't have the same outwardly perspective as you, right? So what if they think you being a nanny is low? When in reality, you are a college-educated child development like specialist. You went to school for child development. You're literally raising kids and you're molding them like you're a part of their foundation. What if you don't have a job? What if you're a stay-at-home mom and someone says, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom. The next question probably goes to how many kids do you have? You say two and the conversation ends there. But what if the stay-at-home mom was an Olympic swimmer? What if the stay-at-home mom beat cancer? What if she's a Harvard-educated lawyer who decided she wants to raise her kids for the first three years? But you don't get to see that person. You brush them off because they're just a mom. That may be who that person is in the world at the moment, but that's not what defines them wholly. I don't want to make anyone feel bad about asking this question because it's engraved in our minds. It started 
when we were younger, um, when we were asked as kids what we want to become when we grow up, basically kind of linking your occupation to your identity and which defines your whole life. So it's nobody's fault, but I think we may need to train ourselves to have different conversations because it'll force us to kind of dig deep and find out more of what defines us, right? And also maybe make the person on the receiving end more comfortable to share their stories. Because if you're someone like me who wasn't quite there yet with my calling or what I wanted to do, who was kind of in transition, when someone asked me, what do you do? I just felt the need to say where I worked because like I said, it's it's how we answer that question. But deep down inside, I had this whole story that I couldn't get out because all that person wanted to know is what I did for a living. The way that I kind of started asking people about themselves is, you know, just simply tell me about yourself or what are you passionate about? Um, what kind of things are you into? And I know that sounds kind of weird too. Like that can be kind of creepy, like just saying, oh, hi, I'm Lana. Oh, I'm Brian. Oh, Brian, what are you passionate about? Like, that sounds a little creepy too, but I really think it's it creates a different type of conversation. I also kind of started answering the question a little differently now. Um, I don't necessarily say like, oh, I'm a event designer and I'm also a host or, oh, I'm just a, a podcast host. I read this article in Forbes a while ago. It was kind of talking about when someone asks you that question, you should talk about yourself in terms of your impact on the world versus your status. So how you make the world around you a better place. When I started thinking about that, I'm like, oh shit, I, I like that theory, but but how? How do I ask answer that, you know? And so now I'm kind of in this limbo where I say, oh, uh, I try to build understanding or I alter perspectives. The person is like, oh, you know, it's intriguing. You know, it's like, oh, well, what does that mean? How do you alter perspectives or how do you build understanding? I use the platform to do it. Oh, what platform, right? So it kind of creates a conversation um, because now you're not just a designer or a podcast host, things that maybe this person cares less about. Now you're now you're a person who builds understanding. And instead of it being a situation where it's like, what can you do for me? It's more of like, oh, that's interesting. How can I be a part of that? Or how can I support that? Or, or how can I do something like that, right? I kind of urge, urge you guys to dig deep and figure out what and who you are in the world um, and your impact on the world. Because we're all here for a reason, for a purpose. And in my opinion, we all have the ability to make it a better place. So I just want you to remember, want you guys to remember that you are more than your job title. You are more than currency. You're here for a reason, and I, I I hope that you guys find that reason and spread that type of energy versus the "what do you do" question that can be so polarizing. I hope you guys enjoyed that topic. Um, I hope it opened up some minds and got you thinking about yourselves and your encounters with others because that's all I'm trying to do here is just build understanding and alter perspectives. We have a really exciting episode for next week because it's Valentine's week. So make sure to tune in next Monday as well. Thank you so much for listening. 
Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on this podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to hit the subscribe button, um, give this video a thumbs up, and leave a comment as well. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Starring Milana. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk next week.